Gals, I'm Brian. And I'm Brad. And the movie today, the spoiler review that you already seen the title, Brad. Uh, it is not the host, it is the parasite. Because <laughs> those connect in multiple ways. If you ever I'm the if host. you ever I'm the host. Come on. <laughs> It, come, tell me tell me you're the parasite come on if you ever skip the non-spoiler ones because you're like just get to the meat of it you might actually want to go back to the spoiler one the non-spoiler to uh understand the context of his joke and no i'm never gonna demean myself my therapist would be would be disappointed man look at me just all fat and ugly and shit <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> uh okay so i mentioned in the spoiler free i'm just before i forget uh the one thing i wanted to say about this is we need to make twists happening in the middle of the movie become in vogue or make that like if because the twist in the middle of this one with the family with the uh the old uh house the guy, the guy, the guy in the basement happens like basically in the middle of the movie yeah. let's say and you know if uh if m night Shyamalan decided to start switching it up and putting his twists in the middle of the movies maybe we wouldn't have gotten sick of him so quick i well yeah especially when you're expecting it um <laughs> i did not see that twist coming i didn't know where this movie was gonna go because once they had fully and so to back up one second um the question of this movie is who is actually the parasite so now i'm going to go go slam forward again we did a flashback now i'm slamming forward again to my conversation before of i did not see that coming because i didn't really know where this movie was going to go once everybody had gotten a job inside the house yeah it was at like the 46 minute mark that the last person was fired not yeah. technically replaced but um yeah because the peach fuzz and then how they end up maybe i know we're in the spoiler section but uh ladies are allergic to peach fuzz that's that's all that meant (laughs) you know getting fired because of peach fuzz could mean a lot of things it's better than the driver getting fired (laughs) yeah different kind of peach fuzz yeah that the other kind of peach fuzz okay never i was trying to avoid us making that connection and i walked (laughs) us right over there (laughs) um so it all starts off with a with a referral from i'm gonna use her it's been um full transparency here i watched this movie a couple weeks ago because our schedules didn't match up we had had some scheduling things and a vacation and stuff um so i watched this movie probably about two weeks ago so i don't remember their um their korean names i remember their english names and i i don't remember most characters names in most movies i watch that's why we got imdb yep <laughs> um so um kevin got a referral from one of his friends to work at this family or work work as an english tutor for this family um first off pro tip if you because his best friend really liked this girl, which seems weird because isn't she like a high school and he's in college or something? High school sophomores. I don't know how 
I don't see the English name, so all I see is Kiwu for him. Um, but what is it? Uh, yeah, he said he mentioned going to university, so I don't know did, how and old I think, he's supposed and I, to be. And I think his, the re, his friend was going somewhere for the summer or something like that for yeah. for a college trip or or to look at colleges or something. Uh, I think he was going abroad for a semester. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're well, his friends at least and uh freshmen in college and what are the uh, I'm going to be putting on a watch list for this one, but what are the <laughs> age of consent laws in South Korea? <laughs> According to South Korea's Criminal Act, Article 305, the age of consent in South Korea is 20 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. So previously, the age of consent in South Korea was 13. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, That's dramatic. So let's see. Just one more Google search of when did paste (laughs) come into effect? I just copy and pasted the criminal act article. Um, yep, that's not going to help. Uh, so tw- I, I uh, just 2012. Maybe? I, so I just want to thank the sponsor of our show today. Um, whatever, whatever, whatever VPN. Thank you for allowing us to hide our internet history of us searching up the legal age of consent for <laughs> different countries. The, the click for new incognito window in Chrome was right there. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, still didn't click it. <laughs> So, you know, I, I don't, when does, let's see, when does college start in South Korea? That's the last real thing. Uh, or, okay, March, thanks. <laughs> oh <laughs> what boy. age does college start? Uh, ooh, all right, 19. So there's a... Uh, there's a small window of time there. Yeah. yeah this might just be legal by it all being illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not good. Not, but anyway. I don't so, know. I don't want to Google. Does South Korea have Romeo and Juliet laws? I don't want it. Um. <laughs> um, so pro tip, like going now full circle. Uh-oh. If you're going to go abroad for a summer, <laughs> go abroad for a semester. Do not leave your best friend in charge of watching the girl that you like. It will always go poorly. <laughs> you know what? I'm very happy to say I've got like four or five of those friends that it wouldn't. I've, I've, I've had some of that would. <laughs> well, That's if why you're I, in, I no longer have them. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in a movie, if you're acting in a movie, do not let your friend watch your girlfriend because yeah. it will always go poorly in a movie setting. Yeah, you choose your enemy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, those guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> if, if in that regard. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody knows what the story is after they've watched it. Family yeah. comes up with the most genius fucking plan that I've never seen in any film before. There's is that sarcastic? A- that seems sarcastic. Nope. No. Okay. No. Um, I was drawing a blank on what movie did that, so I was. Oh no! That I've never, I've never seen that before. Like it's a great. I would love 
if there was like some story where like characters there's some secret and then it gets revealed that they were doing a parasite <laughs> like you know some two seasons long secret i'd be like i'm down i want this incorporated in more things mix it up um and then a twist that i've never seen in any movie ever before and uh climax that this is a movie that we've never seen ever before basically yeah it's very very unique very unique on a lot of fronts um a couple of them we discussed already um they do a really good job of the social aspect of things, the social hierarchy, the social ladder. They do a really good job of cinematography for describing that in a very, very subtle, very, very easy way um, by having the lower poor family live, um, having the poor family live in a end of a street where all the water, you know, kind of rushes into their house. Um, they're constantly boggled by people peeing outside of their window, um, being poor enough that, you know, allowing the poison fog machine to go into their house, um, for free pest control. And then you've got the other side of the coin where they have to travel up a street, like, like actually upwards of a street and then climb stairs to get into the rich people's houses, the yeah. more well-off family's house. Um, so just, just in the cinema, cinematography aspect you can really tell the social dynamic one is living basically at ground level versus slightly under um, when they stand up there at ground level they're they're at a place where sewage is available yeah often um so just it's just little things like that 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 um bong john ho does really well job does a really good job of displaying so um it's yeah. the social aspect of this movie is crazy. Just, just crazy. When you were summarizing that, it actually reminded me of how every, when you're told to be like a screenwriter and all this stuff, you need to come up with ideas, but have a, an extra hook. Like, um, one of my favorite movies, Ruby sparks, a, an author is struggling with writer's block when he finally, and the hook is when he finally, breaks through his writer's block, the character he starts writing about comes to life. Um, (laughs) Big. A kid wishes to grow up quick and it actually comes true. This one, yeah. Fun fact about that. Okay. Right? Just got confused by you raising your hand. Yeah. (laughs) So, fun fact, um, that Big is, is a movie starring Tom Hanks and I don't remember the kid's name. Um, in high school, I was that kid in a play. Hey, nice. Yeah, it was a musical. Yeah. Tell us the high school so they can be reported for theft. No. Theft of a great <laughs> mind. Copyright. A- actually, on that note, now it's gone even beyond that. Now it's like Shazam is big, but with superpowers. Um, and no pianos, which is the real heartbreaker of the whole thing. Uh, but they do have uh, menacing speaking from far distance that you can't actually hear because that's not how sound works. Uh, (laughs) uh, But all to say this felt like it took that formula and then like inverted it. Like it took a normal topic uh, class 
warfare or like the the income divide social hierarchy social hierarchy for instance like my favorite movie blind spotting does it really well in my opinion just it takes the reality of the world and puts you in it in one person's shoes for three or four days and it does it really well this one took that and then twisted is like instead of uh, since we were talking about M. Night Shyamalan in the last one, um, like Signs has the alien twist. Spoilers for Signs. Uh, <laughs> the twist. For a movie that came out in like 2000 or 20, 2010, 2009. Yeah. This one, the mm-hmm. hook is the, instead of just talking about the hierarchical issues and showing how it's unfair and how people suffer depending on their income level, which they oftentimes don't get to choose. They get born into it. The hook is, but the lower income level is taking active, uh, making active moves to change that and invert, I guess the, the pyramid. <laughs> hey, Ted Lasso, <laughs> Ted Lasso, inverting the pyramid, a book I'll never read. Cause I don't care about sports for real. <laughs> Only in my fiction. Um, but it, re- it really felt like that. Like all the other ones, you can see the hook. Like Okja, there's a big fucking beast. <laughs> Host, there's a big fucking beast. S- Snowpiercer, there's a big fucking Snowpiercer. <laughs> this, you know, he he's a very accomplished writer-director, and he knows how to do the hook. This one just... This, yeah. Yeah, it's just, like I said in the spoiler-free section, it's just crazy because you're watching this movie and then all of a sudden kind of they you start building, you know, they're starting to get jobs in the family. Okay, this is cool. Like, where, you know, but where is this going to end? They got all four of them in there. Now what's going to happen? It's a you're big like, heist oh. film. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, they find out about the people in the basement. And then all of a sudden now they find out about the people in the basement, but now they're battling those people while trying to stay independent, um, trying to remain, you know, that they're not all together even though the little kid knows that the whole time. <laughs> um, then you've got the, then you got the hook of them battling and trying to remain like the supremacy aspect of keeping those guys in the basement. And then you've got the accident that happens with the, the rock and everything and going down in the basement and having to kill the one guy and then shoving the other lady down the stairs. And um, then you've got the guy or no, I guess he doesn't die. Cause he comes, he comes up the stairs and stabs everybody or tries to stab stabs the dude's wife so just like the crazy twists of this movie and just like as soon as you start getting comfortable somewhere it turns you get comfortable it turns you get comfortable it turns and it's just this movie very unique in the aspect that it that it attacks and um it doesn't follow traditional movie tropes and it kind of ends on like a weird sour note and then you've kind of get that extra little scene at the end that kind of explains everything explains the future but is that was that really was that a real thing or was that just kevin's mind you know they don't they don't really explain if it's you know factual or if that's kind of just the way kevin perceives it yeah so i've watched video essays where they theorize on that final sequence and everything and talk about how it's just probably a daydream and incredibly unlikely uh so everyone can make their own conclusion to that but 
I found it really interesting on this rewatch, having seen those video essays, that when they're in the father and son are in the um the gymnasium when it's all flooded. Oh yeah. And he says, You said you had some plan. This is after the other family has been discovered and all this stuff. And the father had said that he had a plan and everyone's like depending on him. The daughter mentions it at the party later. Like what about this plan that dad was talking about? But to the son, the dad said that the best plans are no plans because literally every plan you could make will go wrong, which in his position, I can't blame him for seeing it that way. You know, if he was the rich father, I think he'd say, always set a plan and then make sure you finish it because if you make sure you finish it it'll always work you know it's just perspective (laughs) but that conversation really hit me because as soon as he and, and i was thinking about it when they were having the conversation but as soon as the son starts making the plan i just kept thinking about the father's the father saying that any plan you make won't end up the way you want it to which to me really spelled, I mean, yeah, if you give me the rest of my life to afford that house. I'll probably never do it. That's just facts. And I would consider myself to be in a better position than he is. Yeah. And that, and that I'm also including the, uh, whatever value the dollar might bring extra to, to South Korea, you know, even uh, what are the conversion rates? I don't know if the dollar would actually benefit, but you know, I, I can't imagine a movie in the U.S. costing fifteen million dollars and looking this great and being this great. Um, so it's it's the one, the South Korean one. So now that now that we can figure out that <laughs> uh, one, holy crap, uh, one dollar is equivalent to roughly almost thirteen hundred ones. It's two. 1280.88 all right let me see how much does a so if you had 25 bucks you'd have about 32,000 korean wands south korean wands all right wait say that again so if you had 25 dollars in your pocket right now that'd be the equivalent of of about 32,000 korean wands okay uh let's see i just looked up (laughs) <laughs> okay for context just to confirm what i said wasn't completely speaking out of my ass i looked up how much a quarter pounder <laughs> cost in south korea and took that which is 5500 won and it's four dollars and 31 cents in u.s dollars so okay. we've got what is it uh uh how how much does a quarter pounder cost in u.s probably about uh, double I'm going to say about $9. The meal is, I'm going to say about $9. What is it? What is it? McDonald's menu prices says, well, from fastfoodmenuprices.com says $379. Is that just the sandwich? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Nope. nope but another thing says it's $548. <laughs> I'm so confused. That's from fast food menu pre, pre, dot de. 
<laughs> what the fuck is going on? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I, well, I don't fucking know if it will help me or hurt me. But anyway, regardless, I'm not gonna be able to afford that house myself, and I don't have to worry about wading through sewage that's almost as high as my fucking chin. Um, so make of that as you will. This one, this went weird. <laughs> it's a weird turn. Um, but this movie, it does a, it does a lot of things really, really well. Um, not only the twists and turns, not only the cinematography aspect, but like the story, just the story in general, the way it's written, the way it's told, um, is done really well. Um, the watching things through the, um, basically through Kevin's, Kevin's viewpoint. Um, he is the, protagonist i guess of this movie um we kind of see everything through his eyes um we don't we don't really we don't really switch out of his character too much um to see other people's point of views so most of everything that we see is through kind of his um and it's it's a cool unique aspect of like ingraining yourself into a family and then bringing your family and ingraining them into the other family along with it yeah um and then you've got different you got other different aspects you've got the wife who clearly has some kind of abuse problem uh whether it be drinking or drugs or whatever it is um her the first time we see her which wife which wife um, doing what abuse the um we're gonna go with the rich wife like she's a victim of abuse no um she's abusing abusing a substance of some sort gotcha okay her, the first scene that we see her in, she's passed out in the lawn, and you've got the the old housekeeper that we that we eventually evict, uh, clapping in her face to try and get her to wake up. <laughs> um, oh yeah, true. She has the one. She has the dad go and get, um, I think it was alcohol or something. And then uh, at the end of the movie, she asks somebody for drugs. At the end, uh, of, at the party. I I remember that scene because I actually rewound. I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, that I don't I don't remember in the party, but I remember her asking for drugs during their little sex scene, and they had been mentioning, and I didn't notice it on the first watch because I think this is only my second time seeing it. But when he was telling her about the cheap underwear that was left behind, it was like, "And a woman who would leave their underwear like maybe they're into drugs and stuff." So when he starts fondling her nipple, he says, uh, if you get those cheap panties, I might just like get, I'll be the hardest I've ever been. And as soon as he says that she's, she goes like, really? And then says, give me drugs, like pretend, like role playing this theoretical woman who's so unhinged and dangerous that she leaves her cheap panties anywhere. Yeah. Um, um, but, but I, I also, didn't catch them her asking for drugs at the party. Um, so yeah, at the end, and then yeah, she's passed out or whatever in the middle of the lawn with the the the, the whatchamacallit lady, the um, nanny or whatever, clapping in her face, trying to get her to wake up. Yeah, that's the first time we meet her. <laughs> All right, so, so just just as one final thing, I don't know why it says with excluding rent. But I looked up yearly cost of living in South Korea, and it says two thousand dollars. 
No, it just says on a national level, a family of four can expect to spend an average of, okay, per month, $2,000 per month. So $2,400 a year in US dollars or 24000 I bet. Excluding rent though, and I can't find an <laughs> an answer for that. And the US's average um yearly cost is where did it go? It was like thirty eight thousand. Okay. So it's a little bit cheaper, but not crazy amount. Yeah, so fuck McDonald's. <laughs> fuck the McDonald's standard. For not being ha- helping me with my conversions and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it was interesting to see their first job as a pizza box folder. Yeah. And And it was, and it was interesting to see how they got fired from that job. (laughs) Did they get, they took a, they took like a 15% pay cut or something like that. Oh yeah. From the son was trying to, and I misspoke. It's actually $85,000 a year for a family of four. Which is what uh, South Korea is two thousand dollars a month. Oh shit! So so it is a lot cheaper then. I mean, it kept saying excluding rent. So unless yeah. rent is two thousand dollars a month, or unless rent is six thousand dollars a month, you're basically living for a quarter of the price in South Korea. Um. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting because the it was exactly twenty five percent of the boxes. They implied it was the dad, um, which it was. Uh, but this time watching it, I was seeing it, it happened when the fumigations happened. And he's watching the video, like, not breathing, going as fast as possible. And he just, bless his heart, He it's like someone doing push-ups for the first time and doing as many as they can really quickly. And you're just like, yeah, but none of those were push-ups. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't mastered the form before you went for speed. It, <laughs> yeah, same, uh, same, same theory applies to sex as well. <laughs> Master oh the form, son, oh before the speed. <laughs> Maybe never at the speed. <laughs> the the need for speed. Uh, yeah. Oh. Um, there was another part. There's something else to this too. Before, um, before we get, because I got the last question is who is the real parasite? So, um, but, but before we get to that, because I, I'll let you think on that one. So, how would you pitch the the rich people as parasites? Um, not value valuing, um, exploiting the labor, exploiting the labor. Um, they specifically talk about poor people, um, and how they're lazy, whatever, um, Crossing the little the line with their smell. Yep. The little kid can smell it. Um, <laughs> and he, he was the one, he's the one that figure out that they were all together, that they all were family because he could smell the, the poor on them. He could smell the, the stink. <laughs> oh, God, so, so then they had to start trying to, um, differ their smells by showering with different soaps and trying to live there at the house as much as possible. Yeah. To stay out of the poor place smell. (laughs) The poor place smell. 
I mean, they yeah, they said uh, you know need to start using different soaps, and then they said you start using different laundry detergents for each of the clothes loads, and then I think the daughter said ultimately it's the place that we're living that they can really smell most of all. Um, I mean, I I can't call bullshit on a, a on a gag reflex, but having the dude needing to get the keys for his son and then be like. Oh, oh smell i'm like dude priorities <laughs> yeah i mean if if for whatever reason somebody stabbed my wife the last thing i'm worried about is this is the smell of anything in the world <laughs> um yeah i couldn't i could not even could not imagine anything taking priority over that including the smell of anything <laughs> so yeah, yeah i mean just I mean, if that blood's not gonna deter you, yeah, the smell, the <laughs> somebody, you know, even the smell of somebody pooping their pants, like, is not gonna, yeah, gonna sub- be the last thing in mind. Subway smell. Yep. A Jimmy John's for life. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's easy to see, you know, the parasite from the poor people, kind of weaseling their way into a family and exploiting their family you know not having the right credentials none of them do um so it's easy to see it from that way but i can see i i can see an argument being made for the the the, the rich people being parasites also yeah it's uh i can see it from like a point of view of you know i don't know if you ever thought of this but i've fantasized as a kid like what if I, you know, it would be great if I could take one penny from every bank account so then nobody would notice, but then mm-hmm. I'd be a billionaire or what, you know. Um, yeah. So I can see it 100% from that point of view. Like you're rich, you're leeching off masses to amass your own wealth. Um, but I also see the facets of like, when people are, I don't know if it was this podcast or with you or with someone else who I was talking to about this, maybe my therapist, but oftentimes there's this phenomenon of if you are in a, like a friend group and you start being more successful, sometimes the other members of the friend group can try to pull you down because, yep. yeah, because anything, the one thing that a tribe likes most is equilibrium. Um, traditionally, it's where everyone's on the same footing. So sometimes one person being more successful can bring everybody up. Uh, you know, uh, what's the thing? A rising tide lifts all ships. Yep. But human nature is often that you just start feeling insecure instead of looking inward and how you can improve and how you can catch up. You, It's just easier to pull down pull them down, have them second guess, you know, their choices or what they want. Um, and uh, that sometimes it's hard being on the bottom because you're holding, sometimes you're holding them up too, you know, um, just you, like you want, the lady you, in minute 45 of bond minute bond <laughs> synergy. We synergy. had a whole dis- conversation of how, the bottom was holding up the top and the top was trying to hold themselves up but with the help of the bottom. That sounds real weird, especially in a Bond film. 
out of context. <laughs> so maybe you just need to listen to it. <laughs> um, where's it going? Where's it going? I don't remember. Oh, um, having sometimes, you know, you have your friends, you know, kind of pushing you up and sometimes, you know, those friends that are helping you succeed, helping you become, you know, the person that you are, the successful, whatever, you know, sometimes they get tired of holding you. <laughs> that That's also true. So, yeah. But I, I was seeing like on this rewatch the when the two families were fighting and it wasn't, and it was like them against each other. Whoever comes out on top is the one who gets to survive essentially. Yeah. Um, that reminded me a lot of that, this, this uh, false sense of the scarcity mindset where everyone, and it, it's been documented in like, in terms of, uh, underprivileged communities getting an opportunity, seeing the scarcity mindset as if there's only so much room, so many of them can join the the un uh, how do I say it the the privileged community. Um, all these things, I it just felt. I mean, hell, if the if those two work together, <laughs> yeah, you know, they could have they could have continued on been very successful and uh you know figured out a way to help everybody essentially yeah i know um this happens all across the country so i know i'm not alone when i say this but living in florida the scarcity mindset is a very 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 real thing um compared to i used to live in wisconsin it didn't seem like it was as big of a thing um in florida everybody tries to fence in the yard Everybody tries to protect, you know, their space. Hmm. Um, so down here, that scarcity mindset is, is a very real thing uh, to, in my opinion, versus, you know, where I previously lived in Wisconsin, where I was a little bit more rural, a little bit more out in the, out in the open. So there wasn't as many fences, even in, even in town, it didn't seem, you didn't see fences or anything like that. Um, where down here, it's, you're weird if you don't have a fence, you know, protecting your yard and, you know, you know, kind of protecting yours in a sense hmm. um i know it's a little bit different and probably in bigger cities um new york stuff like that where you don't have yards where you have more apartments and stuff like that but um especially down here in florida i, I definitely feel that um protecting protecting yours and making sure that you know you've got yours and nobody else comes and takes it from you kind of thing kind of mindset is there a lot of antagonism in terms of like if someone goes on your lawn, someone's yelling it, or if yeah, you go on somebody's lawn, they're definitely going to be yelling at you quick. Um, my job involves me traveling around to different houses and hitman, um, hitman. No, taking pictures of them and getting them ready for rentals to be to become rentals. Um, and I've been yelled at several times because I got too close to property lines. I mean, like we're talking lot sizes that are like a quarter acre, you know, 0.2 of an acre, a a bigger house has like three feet on each side before you reach the neighbor's yard. There's like a, a six minute, six foot easement between houses. So you own three, three feet of that. They own three feet of that. So, uh, you know, walking down the side of the ho- side of a house, I've gotten yelled at saying, stay off my property. So... <laughs> I couldn't t- imagine having the gumption to yell at someone who might be on your lawn property a little bit, considering 
the person yelling has nowhere to run. Yeah. <laughs> That's your fucking house. If you're if you're in a car and yelling at someone, I can see like, well, you have the luxury of driving off and never seeing them again. Just just gonna bite someone's head off for having a shoelace on your property and be like, okay, I'll I'll see you in a few months. Yeah. I mean it's so it's it's down here in Florida for sure. It is a very real thing. Um and I'm sure across the United States I'm I'm sure there's other examples of that, but especially down here in Florida just definitely seems seems very real to 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 protect that hard about your property and your stuff. I mean, we won't go into politics too hard, but we do have um it's the stand your ground law down here in Florida, which basically means you have the right to defend your property um if somebody if you feel that your property is in danger, um you have the right to use force to protect it. Um, versus a lot of states up, especially up north, uh, no Wisconsin has a castle law where they have to be breaking into your house for you to be able to use deadly force. Um, you, there's different there's different rules in that too, where if they're leaving, you can't shoot them in the back, kind of thing. But yeah, that doesn't apply in Florida. No, no. Um, the county that I live in has a very famous, um, very famous. Uh, just the, the he's the, he's just the, if you're got, leaving that that part doesn't make that doesn't yeah okay. but but in Florida yeah we uh, the county that I live in has a very famous um, sheriff I uh, saw him on the Philip DeFranco show last week yeah he, um I don't I'm yeah not, he's uh, uh, he's famous at the time of recording it's five eighteen uh, uh May eighteenth so. You can do the whole mental math to figure out what week of Philip DeFranco shows I'm talking about. And and you can figure out what county I live in, which is one of the biggest counties oh, area, area wise in oh, Florida. Okay. Okay. It's okay. one of the biggest. I mean, so um, So good luck. <laughs> no, he's this guy's famous. But no, um No, I mean good luck for finding Brad. Oh yeah. This county all is, those kind of, I mean, if you if you had said that like your county was like four by four blocks, <laughs> I'd be mm-hmm. like of course, no county is like that, and of course, someone's going to prove me wrong somewhere, in <laughs> somewhere in the world. But if you were like, "Yeah, it's this very tiny community that I'm definitely in," I'd I'd go in and on my rare occasion of editing one of these movies or dope podcasts, I'd cut that out. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's one of the biggest area ones in Florida, so I mean, it's it's fine. I'm not I'm not worried about it. Um, but he and he's, he's he going suggests, to be moving to Czechoslovakia in yeah, two months. The end of the week. Um, <laughs> but he he's very pro shoot first, ask questions later. Um, he's very pro um dead deadly force. Um, if somebody if somebody's doing a crime against you, to use deadly force, and he says he'll he'll applaud you. <laughs> Um, yeah, I he, saw he his once, uh, his whole press conference. Yeah, that's a daily clip from it. That's a daily thing. He calls people dumbasses. He gives them nicknames. He's 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 pretty famous. But uh, yeah. yeah, there was one time that he, they were chasing after a suspect, and they ended up firing at him. And I think he said between his him and his deputies, they fired like some outrageous number of times, like 120 bullets or something like that. And they asked, you know why did you use that many bullets? And he said, because we had to stop and reload. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say something like, cause we hadn't hit him yet. 
um there was one time where they fired a bunch of rounds and some are some are close to 100 and actually three deputies got hurt because of ricochets <laughs> jesus christ uh... chasing after one person three of your deputies get hurt because they shot it ricocheted and hit them <laughs> i don't believe any of them died i think they're all okay um so thanks heavens for that but it's <laughs> just the karma of the instant karma of something like that is just <sighs> you know can... how the universe works I might as well tell you, considering that your your company also works in Wisconsin, I just got a Zillow notification yesterday for this great multifamily home for $125,000 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Nice. <laughs> if you ever feel like having castle laws <laughs> <laughs> before you uh, move to that unnamed state, which I will not mention so Brad can have some security in his life feeling of comfort that you plan on moving to in five years <laughs> yeah um it's on the west coast or is it on the east coast because i'm playing mind games with everybody or is it in the midwest am i going back home <laughs> at least no one knows i live in chicago oh that's good i i'm glad nobody knows that <laughs> i'm glad i don't live in the house that the rich people live in <laughs> That was so a nice I've, house, though, by the way. Which one? The the rich people house. I, I I like that architecture style. I was gonna say the most interesting part of the most interesting character to me was the daughter in terms of how she decided to portray herself as Jessica, a very bossy someone would say, and if they wanted to paint it in a negative light, since bossy is traditionally used as a negative term um but you know specifically just not uh telling the mother that she has to leave not looking her in the eyes when the mother does come uh is allowed to talk to her she like sends the son on and doesn't look back and just moves the seat for the mother sit down it's like it's an inch it's not a tact i would ever have the uh to use an outdated term the balls <laughs> to try it's just not me i i couldn't even i couldn't even keep up with that shtick for more than two minutes <laughs> like if it was being successful i would crumble and just be like all right I, what, what do you want what can i do for you back um but that was like wow what a you have to be bad to the bone to pull that off in my book. Um, yeah. I mean, cause she's the one that really takes everything over the top. Jessica. I mean, because if you look at the other jobs, you've got Kevin, she, she decides to get murdered. <laughs> like, come on, come Jessica. on, <laughs> come on. That's so outdated. Get with the time. Like good um, job. Yeah. Surviving is a lot more interesting. You might laugh. <laughs> you got Kevin who does English. So you have to, he had to have known English beforehand. So he's teaching English. So it's not a big deal. You've got the dad who's a driver who used to drive, um, be a um, valet driver in the past. Um, so it's not, not a complete stretch. You've got the mom who's housekeeping, um, you know, which isn't, which isn't a huge, huge stretch. I mean, I think just about anybody could realize, I don't say anybody, but um, housekeeping is not a, Really, I, I knew you weren't going there, but I was like, "Don't say," because she's a woman. No, no. <laughs> I it's, just laughed at the idea of you being so 
out of touch. Like you being that out of touch is funny to me because it's unrealistic. <laughs> like, thank God. <laughs> so, so you've got her. So, and then you got Jessica who completely makes up everything about art. I mean, she probably does on some level like art, but to she's good at graphic up, design. Like she yeah. is an artist. Yeah, because she does make that fake um, college thing for uh, Kevin, but like to. Ooh, this is the mark of you know somebody with a schizophrenia, schizophrenia bottom right hand corner. Yeah, but it's probably it's probably actually the kid's signature. (laughs) Yeah, she she said she Googled uh, and like for five minutes, then improv the rest. (sighs) Stone cold. (laughs) Yeah, so I think she's probably the the not I don't want to say worst, but like the most manipulative, the most ruthless one out of the group. Yeah, the character she's playing is what I imagine every top Disney lawyer is like. Just the ones that sit down, you know, hammering out the uh, the Sony deal with Spider-Man. They just come in, it's like, MCU don't need you. <laughs> They're just like <laughs> letting that be the intro to the meeting. Like, we don't need you. Like that's just facts. Let's let's pretend it's the 1920s and and let this meeting be run by facts. <laughs> Spelling it with F A X, making my bad dad jokes. <laughs> nope. Did you die Pass. a little bit inside? <laughs> Pass. Because <laughs> that's the only goal of mine. <laughs> the quality is not the goal. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with quantity. (laughs) I'm going to hit you with facts. You know how I spelled that one. (laughs) (laughs) But like, truly, like if you're if you're the top lawyer at Disney, I I just imagine you could make Vladimir Putin crumble. (laughs) Like you you have to be. Jesus Christ, you know. Yeah, you've got to be like a stone cold killer. Yeah like um what, what's hitman 49 or whatever it is which game is that i uh, only know the, the new trilogy um i think it's hitman is it? oh yeah, it's, oh oh you're yeah yeah Agent I, that's what, what, I what his actual name is is it like hitman 49 or something like that i think it was like agent 49 or something or Age, agent 49 but uh yeah, 40, yeah, Agent 47? Hold on. I don't know. Or, yeah, it might be 47. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's been a couple months since I played. Yes, 47. Okay. 007. 0047. Uh, um, so, a couple other things about this movie. Um, they came out with a black and white version, which is supposed to be really good. Um, it's supposed to kind of... I don't know. I I heard I watched a video review of it of the black and white version, and they said they changed a lot of the movie. Um, not 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 physically changed it, but just the being in black and white changes the way things, the way the way some things get inferred. Mm. So I would like to see the black and white version of this movie. Um, they are also doing a TV show, a uh, six-hour HBO limited series based on this. And guess who it's starring? Wait, they're getting a limited series? Yes. 
All right. With 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 Bong and Adam McKay. Okay, but you didn't. But the question of who's it starring is. All right. Well, now that's it's still it's. All right. One, one person. Get one person. We already mentioned on this podcast on the spoiler on the spoiler review. Spo- in this episode. And spoiler free. Sorry, we we mentioned this person. Uh, I don't. I don't want that. Sp- okay. I was gonna ask. Give me a movie that this person has been in who, but who I may not immediately guess based on the movie. So, like, if you said Captain America Winter Soldier and it's Chris Evans, that would be a bad example. Uh, Knives I, Out might be a good example for Chris Evans. Right. I'll, let me see if this person, what, what other movie this person has been in. So they've um, never been in a movie. <laughs> no, they they have, but if I tell you what movie, it will defeat the point. It'll be the Chris Evans example of that. Hmm. Uh, filmography, filmography. Fuck. What's their name? Career. I'll find an example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, this person's been in a lot of movies. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, we're gonna go. <laughs> Because I don't want to give you the easiest one, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm. Okay, so it's definitely a man, because okay. unfortunately, in the history of Hollywood, uh, the only people with long lists of IMDb credits, which they are primarily the main character or a character of note, uh consistently to the point where it's this fucking hard to find one (laughs) um it's usually a man either that and or i'm gonna say not the kids uh my first instinct was are you talking about the first chronicles of narnia um lion the witch in the wardrobe I, i believe they're in all the movies based on the way this article is written because this person played a character in the Chronicles of Narnia series, 2005, 2010. Mm, I'm not so confident about this guess. It might be one of the kids or it might be whoever voiced Aslan, which I don't remember if that's actually the name of the lion, but my guess was going to be a James McAvoy. So that's what I'll go with. Cause I got nothing besides that. It's not. It's not. Yep. I could tell by your face. Um, this pause. person also played, also won, won an award for best supporting person in Michael Clayton. I never saw Michael Clayton. Okay. How about um, Vanilla Sky? Never saw Vanilla Sky. How about The Deep End? Are you, what, what, I, don't, I don't know. What is it? All right. All right. Fine, okay. Fine. Is it a woman? <laughs> is it is. A, shit. Shit. <laughs> And I, you, I, will I give was you the... so distracted by your whoo. Jesus, oh, it's gonna give away. Whisper. Just everything's gonna give it away. It will because the 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 first thing, the first the movie that this person is this woman is known for. Ah, wait. Uh, I accidentally put the volume down on my headphones, so everyone heard what you just said. But I'll fuck you. I know when you're fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, say say the last thing you said again. Um, the movie that this person is ideally known for. All right. I'm just really quick. Oh, is it her? All right, go. Yeah, go ahead. 
nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'll oh. wait. I'll tell uh, you if it was the one that I've... I'm I'm cheating. I went on IMDb for Michael Clayton. I was gonna scroll through, but it is. That's exactly what you think it is. Michael O'Keefe? Nope. <laughs> um, she is most known for Doctor Strange. She is also Benedict in Cumberbatch. She's <laughs> also in Snowpiercer. Ah, yeah. Yep. So she she's going to be she's starring in this TV show, and then another guy who she never she's in the same movie series, but not in the same movie with this person. Uh, uh, up she, up until she learned nothing from Doctor Strange. She's still whitewashing Asian characters. She Just, definitely sorry, is. Sorry, good. All right, the other person that's going to be there is has been in the MCU. You're saying, but as as a big has a big is a big role in the MCU. But until Endgame, didn't wasn't in nope. the same movie with her. Oh, was she in Endgame? Yeah, she was in Endgame with Bruce Banner, Hulk during the time travel, and she uh, was the one to stop him from taking the stone. And she explained the whole thing. But he was in Endgame, I'm guessing, since everyone was in fucking Endgame. <laughs> yeah, I guess she was. So they did. They did have a scene together. All right, that, well, uh, are you saying Mark Ruffalo is going to be <laughs> yeah. in it? Because my yeah. guess was going to be Chris Evans. Because Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Yeah. No, oh. No. Okay. Well, that's going to look really bad. When I heard who the woman was, I was like, "Oh no!" And then when I heard who the man was, I was like, "Hey, it's going to make me seem sexist." But uh... <laughs> um, yep. So it's um, the article here: six-hour limited. Um, HBO limited show with Bong and Adam McKay as executive producers uh, was announced in development in early development in January 2020. Uh, it will also be entitled Parasite, which will explore what happens between the sequences in the film. In February of 2020, Mark Ruffalo was rumored to star along with uh, Tilda Swinston. Swinston? Swim? I don't know. Swinton? Sure, that one. Um, <laughs> was confirmed in being in the cast in the leading role. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think they'll be the poor leader leading roles or the rich leading roles? Rich. That's that's what I'm going with. I'm going with rich. I don't think I'm gonna go Tilda Rich, Mark poor. Or both poor. I can see I can see the split. Because yeah, Mark Ruffalo's done good work in like Dark Waters, which I saw, and then uh, the Spotlight, which I own but have not watched yet. Because again, like I said in the non-spoiler, that's a a nominated movie that's all about priests diddling kids. (laughs) (laughs) I have a problem with that. I'm just not jazzed to watch it. Now, am I not jazzed to watch it because I don't like the idea of priests diddling kids? Or am I not jazzed to watch it because it would be triggering for me to see someone so disgusting finally get caught? <laughs> Why do I put wow, that question? Wow, that, that is way, that is way deeper did, than I thought it was going to go. Why did I put that question out in the world? I don't know. That is it because weird. I'm a good person or is it because I'm a bad person? <laughs> Both slash neither? I don't hey. know. Gonna randomly pick up the screwdriver that I dropped on the ground for no reason, <laughs> and the vodka <laughs> spilled out of it. So now it's just orange juice. It knocked down a empty Red Bull can. <laughs> uh, that went way over your head. That's good. I appreciate that. I appreciate your naive naivety. 
You were implying that I was drinking. I implied that that screwdriver was a drink, yes. And that you had spilled all the (laughs) vodka out of it, and now it's only orange juice. That was good. (laughs) So deep. See, Brad would be there for writing the excellent Book of Dad jokes, and I'd be there getting rejected for my Book of Dad jokes. Like, they're not even really good. When I, the one in hundred that I understand makes me want to die inside, but like, I'm like, yes, that's all of them. It's like, oh, well, fuck um, you. <laughs> fun, fun fact: since I'm on Mr. Ruffalo's page, he is from a city that I, I think we are both familiar with. In fact, Chicago? in fact, oh, no, a lot of the United States is familiar with this city for bad reasons. Um, but he is from Columbine? Kenosha, Wisconsin. No, oh, what do, what do we know Kenosha for? Um, that's where that um, I don't remember the kid's name um, was sh- shot those protesters. He was from <sighs> Illinois somewhere. I remember the story, but I guess I don't remember the kid's name, and I'm happy to say that I'm glad that I don't remember the kid's name. Yeah. But yeah, he's from Kenosha. That's cool. Did not know that. He's only 54. Oh man, that guy's ageless. I hope I hope to look that good at 34. I get where you ended up, but the question the way you asked the first question didn't make it seem like that's where you'd end up. <laughs> Cause I hate to repeat you, but you said he's only 54. Yeah, he's timeless. As if, like, he's only 54? I thought he was in his 60s. I mean, I felt like he's been around forever. I mean, his he did movies in the 90s. I did see the the uh, movie that The Adam Project was being a sequel to, 13 Going on 30. I did yes. see that. Which so, he is, was in, in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember that, 2004. <laughs> also, like, The Zodiac was 2007. Shutter Island was 2010. That was, yeah, he was almost that. 13, almost or 12 years coming on 13 years ago. I was, I, I didn't love Shutter Island. Like I wasn't in love with it, but it was, I enjoyed it. And I was very proud of my first watch when uh, there's some moments that Leonardo DiCaprio is running up like a, a winding bunch of stairs in mm-hmm. like a, towards the end. Yep. In yeah, the jail like, cell. Yep. I thought it was a lighthouse because it's uh, how long ago I've seen um, it. My memory no, I think, is I, bad. I think it was the jailhouse. Like he was going up like a spiral staircase in the jailhouse because I think there was jail cells that he was passing. Toward, well, and this is towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, I was proud of on my first watch that I noticed at one point he stopped running up the stairs and they did this weird thing where they had the background move without him moving to like throw you <laughs> off. And I was like, wait a minute. Just like the first time, I'm going to ruin the Phantom of the Opera movie for you. The chandelier never fucking drops. I watched it with a girlfriend at the time who had seen it over a hundred times. My first time, I was like, wait a minute. They used the noise of metal moving and a clever camera angle. But they did not drop the, uh, the chandelier. You're welcome for shattering that illusion. I'm so sorry. I've ruined it forever. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. Now live with it. <laughs> yeah, it's just my version of when uh, that actually that relationship, they told me to look at the continuity of the uh, dumpling scene in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. It ruined that scene for me. <laughs> There's a lot of continuity errors with those dumplings in the Are you talking about when six? Um, Nia, Nila and Brian Ugly, or um no when Snoop Dogg first goes up and starts pitching himself as the person to to know at the school to uh Sean Snoop Snoop Dogg What? Specific, Did I say Snoop Dogg? I meant Lil yeah. Bow Wow. You specific, you said Snoop Dogg that's why I was super <laughs> confused cuz I was like I do not remember him in that movie. <laughs> well it didn't Lil Bow Wow like say that Snoop was his dad or some shit on Twitter. <laughs> Maybe. That he was going to bitch, bitch slap uh, Donald Trump if he ever talked about his dad again. <laughs> uh, eh, I'm tired. <laughs> um, but no, he, the scene where he first, I think, starts pitching him, he's like, Ooh, what's this? He's like, that's my steering wheel. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> A lot gotcha. of continuity with those dumplings that Sean's eating. And, and it's like the army. Uh, food, here, food around here is like the army. Don't ask, don't tell. That was the kid, yeah, yeah. It was the, oh, it was the, that's it was what the he first said. Lunch, oh, okay. lunchroom scene because okay. Sean is confused because they all have fresh food and it's not French fries and burgers like here in the United States. Um, it was you know a bunch of seafood and stuff like that, and he's kind of looking at everything like I don't even know what this is. And and Lobawa is like, it's like the food around here is like the army. Don't ask, don't tell. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I guess I blocked that line out. I thought you were saying that about the dumplings. I was like the dumplings no. looked good. <laughs> But not not to Bama Boy, Bama Boy sixty nine or whatever it was. Who's Bama Boy? Um, Lewis Black in that movie. That was his screen name or whatever. It was Bama Boy something or Bama Boy when he was instant messaging the computer. Gotcha. Um, I know way too much about this movie. This is terrible. <laughs> Which movie? Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> it's probably the one I've seen the most, honestly. I don't blame you. I mean, that's the one being broken down on the Granny Shifting podcast right now. Yeah, yeah. Which, and I've uh, not, I've not seen it this year. I watched it last year before F nine, but that's it. Always seems to be on TV, and I always seem to watch it because I'm a terrible human being. I'm actually going to rewatch it tonight. I think just a little bit, just a little uh, bit. But everyone should know that sometime soon, or possibly already, it's already happened. Uh. <laughs> How long ago did we record the episodes? Like six, eight months ago. Oh, I'll have yeah. to. I'll have to I finally think. publish our first five episodes for uh, "I'll Ride with You, O'Connor," which I wish I'm gonna say it when we record episode six. Whenever we do, I wish I had titled it "I'll Ride with You, Lynn." <laughs> Consider Why? Because of that thing you mentioned about O'Connor that oh. I don't want to mention here, and Lynn just left the. Sh- the series and he's the most valuable person for my money um is it lynn or i thought it was like justin park no maybe i'm just thinking of um when the, it, thro- the guy getting thrown out the window uh yeah it, park was uh justin lynn yeah gotcha yeah okay cool um park park was the guy that they were threatening out the window in four or five whichever one it was it was fast and furious number four because the dude said uh throw a Throw a fortune stick in. cookie no it was worse oh, 
It was definitely <laughs> at least the throw a fortune cookie and you'll hit 50 Daniel Parks. Is that David, it? Dave, David Park? Daniel uh, Park? Park, Fast, and Furious. David David Park, that's what you said, right? Yes. And I said Daniel. Nice. Nice. You got it. Um, it's a weird thing, but I hate when I'm I'm right on a guess, and the other person's wrong because I don't want to be like. Ah, ah. Gotcha. Uh, oh, I don't. I don't. Care. I like. I like congratulating other people instead of more than like be like. Well, actually, I'm right. Ah, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't mind because there's a lot of times I'm wrong and I'm good with it. I'm not. My my ego doesn't need that. <laughs> I appreciate. Yeah, I never. If if I was living my life being scared that I'd be, I was just like pissing people off and always scared of there, then that would be fucked up. But it's just more like I just don't want to be a dick. I'm enough of a dick in my persona, <laughs> my jokes. <laughs> don't want to ever uh, rub somebody the wrong way. Uh. Yeah, I I saw when I looked up uh, Parasite Black and White Review, the little, um, or Black and White version, there was a review by The Edge that says, this new version of Parasite is still excellent, but the lack of color does not make a huge difference to the average filmgoer, as well as introducing its own issues. So I'm going to read this after we're done. Rec- oh, it's only like three, four paragraphs. Uh, three or four paragraphs but i you know everyone can check it out to see their take i would i would really be interested in checking finally watching the black and white version of parasite logan and mad max fury road because i've just never wait those all have black and white versions yeah i've never uh, seen i've never seen logan but i've seen mad max fury road you've never seen logan at all no, I was working my way through the X-Men movie and got stopped at uh, first something. First class. That, that is one. that is the most excellent X-Men title, you know, a- actual X-Men in the title movie. It's by Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, it was pretty good. I didn't I didn't mind it. Yeah. Uh, I just have we just stopped there and then never went back to X-Men. Uh, honestly, I mean, f- for me, all you have to look forward to now is Logan. But I got to watch the other ones to, to to catch up. Otherwise, Logan means nothing. Oh, Lo- no. Logan's uh, disconnected. Yeah, well, it's disconnected because I haven't seen the other ones. That's why. <laughs> That's not why. <laughs> <laughs> you've got like half a good movie in The Wolverine. And you've got... I mean, everyone loved Days of Future Past. They're all just wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I think we started watching um, chronological order. No, the, we were watching them in what? I don't know how I did this because we watch X Men X Two. You really can't watch them in chronological order because there's no fucking chronological. It, it's, it's like the Kelvin timeline with the Star Trek movies. It's it's this big. Uh, it's like a roller coaster loop. Like the movies start in the 2000s and then First Class is the the prequel 
But then the next movie is like, okay, we're erasing all those 2000s and on movies for a new timeline. So there's really, it's not like uh, the Star Wars movies where it's technically all one continuity. It uses like a branch timeline or some shit. Or, yeah, so. I don't know. I, I, where am I? I think we watched X-Men, X2. I feel like I've seen Last Stand. I don't remember. I might have seen it otherwise, and then first class. But I need to go back and watch Origins. No, you don't. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm shocked you got through Origins. You don't need to. Yeah, and then I've seen the two Deadpool movies, so that counts too. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're. I, I mean, I won't stop you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it once, just like everybody should see Parasite once, because we. Honestly, I, I enjoyed it on a, se- a second time even better. Like it's it's rare for me that a movie with this many twists is better the second time around. Yeah, I'm. It's it. I, don't I know. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it the same. I mean, I knew the twists were coming, and I was looking out for them, yeah. which made some of it a little bit better and some of it a little worse. But that first time watching it, just like. If if I had a camera on myself watching the movie, my jaw probably dropped, and I probably was mouth open for a while there. Yeah, um, just on like, w- how did we get here? <laughs> kind of thing. I'm sure compared to my first viewing, my first viewing was better because I was completely in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be perfectly honest, it might just be the fact that it has subtitles that I never felt myself wandering off because I had, had to. Watch. to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Like when I watch Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, I'm gonna go you, make some food. I'm you might drift eat. in and out of the movie. <laughs> Where's that end call button? I know it's around here somewhere. Where's my cursor? <laughs> uh, yeah. I want Justin Lin to come back and do a Han Solo or no Han, Han Solo. Solo. He's technically Han Solo. As a as a um an alias spelled soul S E O U L dash O H. So technically, but I want a Han sequel slash spin-off, which is a sequel to Tokyo Drift. It's called Atlantic Drift. He gets uh Gal Gadot's back for no reason. Uh we don't know. He but they are both um Roped in by Mr. Nobody to deal with this weird thing on the Atlantic uh, coast, which is the actual, literal, realistic, confirmed by the fucking Navy Tic Tac alien thing. And at the and it's called Atlantic Drift because there's a huge sequence at the end where he's drifting on waves as part of this, stopping an evil organization from trying to get this Tic Tac space thing. And then he meets the aliens fucking... Uh, like kingdom of the crystal skull style, but not shit. And they're like, you are half of you. And then we find out that what we've been seeing is this merging of timelines where he meets the aliens and they retroactively resurrected Giselle so that they both are alive. And then the Tic Tac disappears. Okay. And I'm, Vin Diesel's nowhere to be seen because he drove just a little bit. Okay. 
so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna up your movie just a little bit. By the way, that that podcast was supposed to be called "I'll Ride with You, O'Connor" because we got sidetracked with the whole Lynn oh. thing. I never actually said the title. Okay, one up. So we're we're gonna one up you, right? We're gonna add in Jason Momoa, Ray Fisher, Henry Cavill, and Ben Affleck, and we're gonna make Gal Gadot, you know, a really strong Amazonian woman. Sorry, but Jason make... Momoa is already the villain of Fast Ten, so he's gonna be dead. But not in the alien timeline. His brother. His brother. <laughs> His twin brother, who's a good guy. His twin brother, <laughs> Mason Jehoa. <laughs> and we are not gonna invite uh, we're not gonna invite Urza Miller and we're not gonna invite Amber Heard to this this movie. <laughs> you know what? His name's not Urza Miller, but I'll allow it because he seems like a dick. <laughs> What's how do you actually pronounce his first name? Urza. It's that's what it is from now on. Okay. Uh, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> but we will invite Amy Adams as like a as like a character. She's to, the alien. He could be the alien. Arrival. Or we just get Jesse Lindbergh or Jesse Eisenberg, whatever. I was really excited oh. about his version. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Anyway, so now that we got con- conveniently sidetracked on <laughs> making this into a Justice League movie. <laughs> Look, we figured out a way to keep everybody who's not really who parasites not their normal thing to stick around by feeding yeah. them little tidbits of everything else. Like, hey, we're both boys. We both like the zoom vroom vrooms, but we also like the I don't know how to make a noise for parasites. Oh, okay. Because I was cockroach. I was super confused on where we were going with that. And I heard the noise. I'm like, oh boy, how is this going to translate over? I don't know. We'll need subtitles. <laughs> yeah, we'll need it. But there was also an interesting thing that I picked up on this time when they were having the dinner. Man, the the ways I change which, which, my levels. Which people, dinner? I, I'll, I'll say really quick. Uh, in just a second, but the way I change my energy levels and just change subjects, people think I edited this if they're just <laughs> listening. Because I was just like, ah. so at that dinner when they're all, <laughs> um, the dinner where they're all eating and drinking the whiskeys when the family is away, the rich family. Oh yes, yes. Before, and they're, before the people come in. Yeah, the, before they get rained people. out from their camping trip. Yeah. Well, she's talking about how uh or the father saying that the woman is simple but kind and the mother talks about well of course she's so rich like <laughs> you'd be kind too if you had everything handed to you and you didn't you weren't basically you weren't shit on your entire life and you know treated like less than the mud between somebody else beneath somebody else's boot um but I thought that was very interesting too, because the, you know, there's, there's been a lot of research that's shown that someone who's struggling under financial stress, their active IQ is lowered by eleven points. So they I, I, I think less that. rationally. Yeah. So they think less rationally. They're more prone to anger, frustration, road rage, things of that nature, because they're not thinking as clearly as they could be if, if uh, 
you know, they didn't have to worry about where their next meal might come from or how they're going to make a repair on their car or something. Um, you know, there's, there's that, and I'm sure the numbers change because of inflation and things of that nature, but it's been proven that past $75,000 a year, your happiness doesn't increase tied to the dollar sign. Uh, I think I just tripped at the end, but there's a, uh, there's a tangible connection between how happy you are in day-to-day life and how much you make up to $75,000. Then your happiness doesn't get any higher than that based on if you make more than more money. But there is that ramp up between making $0 and making $75,000 or whatever the number is these days. So, I mean, there is a lot of truth to that. Um, I mean, I can see that correlating to a lot of things in life. Um, you know, any kind of major stress, health stress, the stress of, you know, uh, your parents getting older um, and them having health issues. I can imagine a lot of stress factors factor into um, lowering your IQ and not making you think as rationally as you could be. I, I, I see that 100%. Yeah. Um, and then you, it was interesting because, yeah, I, I know it's all like it's one of the least essential parts, the sex scene that you, you had mentioned in the, I think, did you the mention the beginning of this? No, or, the spoiler free section. Yeah, you alluded um, where I, to where I was talking about um, your daughter watching this movie. Yeah, so that one though, like one, it's it's just great for making be, be so uncomfortable with the three family members right well, under there. Yeah, I was gonna say not only you are uncomfortable with the sex scene because it's not really necessary, but you're also uncomfortable because you're like, no, the one kid, uh, I think Kevin, is right under the the table directly in front of you. So it makes you feel like uncomfortable and uneasy because like he's going to get caught, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's also uncomfortable because it's kind of like they intentionally made it kind of an uncomfortable sex scene to start with um, by them watching their kid outside and all that kind of stuff. And it's not a, not a necessary point to the movie. Well, I, I found a lot of value out of it just by the fact that their dirty talk was basically fetishizing a less desirable living situation. It's kind of like, I actually don't give a shit that Kim Kardashian did this. It's one of the few things I just, I don't care. Like there's a couple things that I've been like, thank you for doing that. But most of her life, most of the things the people in her circle do, I did. It's either gross or whatever. Um, but this thing, I did. I didn't give a shit. It's kind of like Kim Kardashian throwing that Squid Game party, um, where it's very tone deaf. You know what I mean? Like she, right. she, she is in such a. Inco- she's in such an income level that she'll never have to wonder what she would do in that situation, or you know, worry about being that desperate where that would seem like a good option for her future. Um, so I get where everyone got frustrated, but I just, I don't give a shit. Let's, let's, I don't care what lessons Kim Kardashian is learning about morality. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I I only care in the fact that it would then 
flow over to her many adoring fans. You know, if she, she could stop fucking selling weight loss teas <laughs> that promise uh, plastic surgery results. That promise results only plastic surgery can give. Um, but them having the luxury to fetishize drug addictions or not being able to afford high quality panties (laughs) or, you know, grabbing a quickie in the backseat of your boss's car. It just was really gross. That, that was one of the details that I see as an example of them being parasites. Like they're not leeching off. Well, they are leeching off the poor people's monies but they're more leeching off their spirits. Like they're taking advantage. They're pushing They're in that impromptu birthday. They keep telling that like, they just call up and basically don't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't, there's not a lot of argument given against them, but really they called assuming that they would get their way. Yeah. Assuming they'd get their way and then kind of demoralized them by, you know, making them, participate in something he didn't want to participate in by cowboys and indians yeah and uh you know the 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 one thing that he says that i think was intended as an insult but that he assumed was an insult of mentioning how he loves his wife which i think the tone in that car was that the rich guy doesn't truly love his wife he's not in love with her um but the the slightest hint of disrespect like he he moves his his uh, headband. They keep saying Indian, but it's Native American. Uh, that's another thing. They they are much more prone to cultural appropriation, you know, and not using the um, proper terms, as in still calling them Indians and things instead of Native I, Americans. Well, I don't know. Maybe that cultural appreciation whatever you whatever term you want to use for that i don't know if it if that's something that extends outside of the united states in in this particular situation i mean do do other countries call the the native americans here indians is that just a united states thing i mean it might be a just a united states thing but the point i was trying to make is that they are so out of touch that they're still using outdated disrespectful terms and again turning like the uh well i guess everyone's quote-unquote indians there including the sun so they're not really uh, they're not fully villainizing native americans you know the sun's not being a cowboy they're all Native Americans there, so it's not so much that. But the slightest hint of disrespect, he's quick to remind him, like, you're getting paid extra. So basically shut the fuck up and do your job. Do what I tell you to do. Yeah, um, yeah like, man, it must be so convenient to just imagine. I'll use my own life living in a car for years. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And to see people 
Let's see people treat other people like that just because they have money. <laughs> I mean, they basically treat them as property, not as, not as necessarily as people. Yeah. But I would say overall, this is a this is a really good movie. I mean, it it's, it highlights a lot of things that you don't normally highlight. It's a very unique movie in the sense that you probably will never, you probably have never seen a movie like this. I mean, I'm sure there's another movie that's probably similar that you know somebody would be like, oh yeah, I saw this movie, you know, this you know foreign film that was a lot like this. But I can't think of any big bigger name movies that are like this movie. Nothing to compare it to like we normally do. Yeah. So that that alone should be a reason to go out and watch this movie. Yeah, and there is one thing I almost forgot to mention that I picked that I saw and I thought of you noticing it, which was <laughs> do you know the two times that the camera was like fully energetic and just doing dolly shots and like was very sweeping or basically had the most motion that it ever had? I don't I don't know if I phrased that question well, but um the one time when their apartment was filling up with water, when they're running around their apartment trying to save things, the the camera kind of follows them around a little bit. There were a lot of cl- like very uh, sometimes imperceptibly slow uh dolly shots, but the two times I noticed it being the most energetic was right when the family all got hired. Like all four of them had the poor family. That camera's just zooming. Like they're working as a unit. You can see them all like kind of working together. I think it was, no, that wasn't around the time that the little kid uh, noticed the smells. I don't think, but right after they all got hired, the camera is just steady camming like a beast. Uh, it's It doesn't go on for like 12 minutes or anything. And then the other time is when the uh, wife was shopping with Mr. Kim, the driver, mm-hmm. and like getting all the alcohol and he's carrying all the boxes and stuff. It really felt like the camera was fully energetic when they were both in their, when both families were in their own element like when they thrived at their most. The mother has just, I imagine, planned a thousand of these parties. She's got this shit on lock, uh, the rich the rich mother. And the poor family like just succeeded at their mission. They, they did their heist. Yeah. And it's all working smoothly like a charm right before it all goes... I don't know where the term comes from, but before it all goes tits up. Uh, (laughs) I feel like that was in some Pirates of Caribbean movie or something. I think it was. But uh, yeah, those are that was something that I hadn't noticed before that I thought you would have because you've mentioned things like that. Um, I guess I didn't i didn't really notice it i noticed that intentionally the camera was very slow very methodical about how it filmed everything and how they moved um because this movie really doesn't have that many moving camera scenes um throughout this movie so yeah there there was some times like uh 
with the with one of the scenes with the daughter of the tutorship where the camera's like dolly and so freaking slow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's perfect. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like, there was, I think before that sweeping shot with the family all being hired, most of those shots were in the fancy house were tripod shots or if not tripod shots, just much, much slower moving uh, camera shots. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did notice, I did notice that, but I didn't, I don't remember the camera being super energetic. In fact, I thought that, um, I figured with the, with them running around their apartment, that, that was going to be one of them, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the camera is mostly, uh, I don't know the Sta- proper sta- term, but stationary it, or yeah, almost stationary, <laughs> very deliberate and slow move. Yeah. If, if any movement at all, um, but no, in those two sequences, it felt like the energy picked up. And now I kind of, after watching it another time, kind of want to make a YouTube video called Parasite is a Heist Film. Because it really feels like that. You know, like you're getting the team together. You're getting them all in position. You're, pull, you're about to pull off the heist. Uh, an unknown then, uh, quantity comes in. Yeah, the second team. Yeah, and... Now it's a battle and everything's on edge and then everything blows up in the end, but happy resolution? Question mark? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's questionable for a lot of different reasons, but it's questionable because was that all a dream or was that last thing was a dream? Was it not? Is his dad really st- still stuck down there? Did he, you know? Yeah, and clearly, like, obviously the actor hadn't aged today, but they didn't make any effort to really age him up. Maybe 10 years, and no one's going to make that much wealth in 10 years. And plus, you know, even if he had this whole fantasy is assuming that the the German family just decided to leave uh, very conveniently, like, he, he could become a millionaire the day after the movie ends. Cause you know, that, that whole thing is technically a dream sequence, no matter what, cause he's narrating over it. Yeah. But whether he is able to succeed or not really just depends on if that family would be willing to leave. He could win the lottery a day after the movie ends and then be like, no, no we're good. <laughs> but I, I like, yeah, money can't buy a per the perfect house. Or money already did. Money can't buy us wanting to give it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they're perfectly manicured grass. And I mean, <laughs> I really like the I really like the structure of the home. I mean, it seemed really cool. It seemed very modern. Um, I, mean, I, I liked it. <laughs> I yeah. I I was just thinking of a YouTube video by Andre Jick that I just watched a couple of days ago called uh, "What Happened in 1971," and it, the TLDR, it's a whole lot of complicated. But the connection between that that is when the wealth disparity in the U.S. started uh, disconnecting. It had been on an upward trajectory. Um, with or, both uh, move, with both moving up at a at a similar pace. Yeah, like the one percent held more wealth per one percenter, but 
they didn't hold the majority of the wealth together, you know? Um, and that it, I just keep thinking about that with this, like, it's very convenient for me to say from my position, but if I had ever become so rich, my then goal would be, all right, well, I keep getting richer, so I'm going to take half of my yearly earnings and give it to everyone who works for me so they might have their own chance to do so, like leave this job and do that for themselves. But Yeah, and then I can, in turn, they can in turn enrich other people's lives and I can enrich somebody new. No, it'd be nice if that's how rich people trickle, thought but clearly down economics actually work that'd be great <laughs> but clearly they don't think that way otherwise we wouldn't be in the world we were in um yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean this movie this movie's really good go go check it out despite our social commentary on some of the some of those things that are a little bit downers i mean it's it's a good movie. No, oh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it it's interesting because this is a movie that I think is as relevant, obviously, if not more so, than a movie like This Is Us, or no, not, not This Is Us. Don't look up. <laughs> Actually, I think they're both equally relevant. Relevant, but this movie doesn't make me want to murders. Uh, <laughs> don't look up also doesn't make me want to but you know don't look up fills me with a uh, turns my eyesight red <laughs> and maybe that's just because it's so in our face regardless but this is a movie I think that uh, is as important to internalize and process and you know take the lessons that you learn from it and actually use that in your life <laughs> yeah um but one that doesn't make me want scorched earth <laughs> um yeah this is a fucking great fucking film um i've never like sat down and just been like i'm in the mood for parasite but i think i should start being in the mood for parasite every few months um yeah i mean every few months or maybe maybe once a year once once every six months twice a year um yeah i mean it's i think this movie only gets better and i think it only gets more relevant to our times as 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 time moves on it feels like uh, unfortunately yeah it takes new world orders to uh make it feel less relevant <laughs> Yeah. it's weird this isn't a film i feel like i'm running out of gas i have nothing else new to add but i'm i like feel like i can i'm down to talk more but do you have anything else before we wrap this one up uh no i think so <laughs> i'm trying right now i'm searching through our chat and i'm trying to find what the next movie is so that's what i'm so i'm over here trying to do i'm trying to figure it out and i can't i can see i can't figure out what the next movie is i can see the movies that i sent you but i cannot see the movies that won the marvels uh let's see i think i think parasite was the last one right no i don't think so i don't it doesn't feel like it i feel like you've got at least one more and then i already know what my last one's gonna be what was your last one 
uh, my last my because I lost this time, so I get the sixth movie, which will be the Grand Budapest Hotel. Nice. It's a good movie. Very good movie. Very excited to talk about it. Did you? F- I did not. I can. Did I, you find it? I did not. It was in our. I thought. It, thought it was in here, and then I. I'll just go into our text messages. <laughs> yeah, I tried honestly, to do that too, it'll but... probably be faster. I, I tried to do that too, but my text messages stopped at a point, and I don't know why. Oh, that's weird. Well, I'm just going into the photos and seeing what I said. Yep. Oh, oh, no, no, no. We got a lot Two more. more to go. We got three more to go. Okay. Next week will be Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. That is, yep. And then Hacksaw Ridge for you, and then Pig for me. Cool. I've, not, I've not seen Pig. I have not seen anything we're about to see on this list. What was your one for the sixth one that you said? The Grand Budapest Hotel. Haven't seen any of the four movies we're about to see. I'm super excited. That, that's got your boy uh, um, Ray Fiennes in it. Yes. And it's and it's got. Ooh, there was another connection there too because the the Spider Man. Hmm? Is it is it Spider Man? Uh, Flash Thompson. F something something. I forgot what his name is, and he does other movies too. Uh, I would hope so. There, 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 there was another. <laughs> well, there was another connection to. to oh, what? hey, look! Uh, Tilda uh, Tilda Swinton is in there. F Murray Abraham. And I'm trying to what what. There was another movie that he was in. Oh no, he was in he was, Moon Knight. He, Moon Knight, yeah, he was yeah. Con, he was Country's voice in Moon Knight. That's what it was. Because yeah, I saw all... his name, I saw his name after episode six for the first time. And I was like, oh, I know that name because there's not many people that are that go by F something F Murray Abraham. I was like, I scroll God. scroll away from the cast list on IMDb. I'm gonna list the cast by uh, uh, nicknames, and I think I think you'll especially get everyone, but um. First, we've got the King's Man. Then we've got Conchu. Then we've got uh, Bad Guy from Quantum of Solace. I don't give a shit. Yep. <laughs> then we've got Pianist. Then we've got Green Goblin. Then we've got Grandmaster. Then we've got, I don't remember, Harvey Keitel. <laughs> I don't remember a nickname. Then we've got Dr. Watson in the movies. Then we've got uh, Ghostbuster. And then we've got... The Incredible Hulk, but never again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we've got, uh, should I say, Atonement? I, I don't know her name. Or Saruzi Ronan. Everyone. Uh, Jason Schwartzman. I don't know a nickname to give to him. Uh, we've got uh, Mrs. Bond or uh, Baby Mama Bond. That's what to do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice job. Uh then we've got the ancient one. I don't know, a nickname for Tom Wilkinson. Uh we got Wow Mobius. Uh Flash Thompson and I don't recognize Larry Pine. I don't know okay. who that is. Larry Pine sounds familiar. Oh, I recognize him. I feel yeah. bad now. People are gonna be angry at me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's 
fantastic movie, so I'm excited for that one. But the next one is... Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead! And this is a movie that I watched a whole video essay on, which is what made me want to watch it, so I know the plot. (laughs) But I haven't seen it yet. But it does have Commissioner Gordon in it. But not the most recent one. And not the second most recent one. You'll have to text me that one again, because holy crap. Gary Oldman. No, no, not that part. Uh, the, the name of the movie. <laughs> Here you go. Send it to you. The picture. All right. Well, uh, this movie may have been a mushroomy edible. And shockingly, coming from the person who didn't suggest it, this movie may be a mushroomy ayahuasca. I'm shocked that I, I liked it more than you did. <laughs> but I like Pop and Bot more than you did, so here we are. <laughs> I'm sh- double shocked. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy that that actually may. Uh, I'll put it here because like no one will hear this part, <laughs> probably statistically speaking. But I, it filled me with such egoless pride that I was like, I got a movie that you like more than one of your favorite movies. Like I introduced, I felt so proud. I was like, <laughs> Woo! Um, uh, but no matter what, this movie was dope because movies, movies are, are dope. dope. Peace out. <laughs>